watch movie-based or video games. Think to yourself, this is kind of strange. Mario is British. Luigi's Latino. Cuba's played by a goddamn weirdo. Well, that's video games and movie. Video games and movie. Video games and movie. Bit Christmas. Yeah. Finally here. Can you believe it? I can. Yeah. If you're if you're listening, this is um, Video Games the Movie, the podcast where we talk about uh, video game based movies or media, otherwise media. And uh, this week, uh, appropriate for the month, we're going to be talking about Eight Bit Christmas, a topic that uh, James and I, as you have already heard, um, we did a show some years ago with the author of this, uh, Kevin Jakubowski. Um, and I'm not saying we helped out with this, but uh, we definitely helped out with this. Okay, I did say that. I, I, I mean, we we talked. <laughs> I listened to the podcast again and. We talked about, like, when's this becoming a movie? And he said, like, I'm trying, I'm trying, blah, blah, blah. You know, I wrote it as a movie, so. Right. I don't know, maybe maybe we were the catalyst. Maybe we were, I, like, hmm. the next day he woke up and was like, I'm going to make these phone calls. I got to get that, this thing going. And then, boom. You know, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, we, may have, we may have helped sell upwards of five books, which is great. I did. I did uh, buy and read the book, so you got me on that. Yeah. Uh, did you not read it? You just bought it and gave it to your brother for a gift, right, Kuja? No, I read it. Oh, did you read it? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so I knew, I knew, I knew the twist ending, which is like, we'll talk about I guess we'll talk about it later, but like, I actually... Uh, I, I liked the ending really a lot. Like it was not what I thought, mm-hmm. it, was not what I thought it was going to be. Um, so it was great. And the movie fleshed it out even for, took it a step further, um, which we'll talk about, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you're unfamiliar with this, it's on uh, HBO Max currently, or you can pick up the book like basically anywhere where books are still sold. You know, Amazon or uh, your local Books a Million or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, pre-warning, yeah, we'll probably spoil the crap out of this. So if you want to watch it, go watch it now. I mean, it's, if you have HBO, it's free. So was it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Thank you, Kujo. So I just want to put that out there real quick. Yeah, and. Uh, I want to. I don't. I haven't pulled it yet, um, but I want to pull the interview that uh, uh, James and I did, which is on uh, the Beyond Good and Evil episode. I think it's at the beginning of the. I can't remember. If it's the beginning or the end of the episode, but I want to pull that and tack that onto the end of this. It'll make it kind of a longer episode, but I think it's it'd be cool just so people don't have to like try and search for that. So hopefully we'll be able to get that done too. But uh, effectively, um, the story is about a kid that really wants a Nintendo, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. For Christmas. Now, the one thing that uh, got me about this is it apparently, in the movie at least, uh, it, the main character is played by Neil Patrick Harris. He's older, and he's relating mm-hmm. the tales of, of the story to his daughter of how he ended up with a Nintendo, right? Um, That's correct. And one of the things that is great for a story but makes absolutely no sense is it's like 19, he said 86 or 87, and there's only one kid in town that has a Nintendo, and it's like the rich kid, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's just not true. Uh, yeah. You know, I grew up I grew up pretty poor, and, like, the rich kid was the one kid in town that had, like, a Neo Geo, 
or a 3DO or something like crazy like that, but everyone had a Nintendo. I mean, the poorest of poor kids had a Nintendo, you know what I mean? It was not exactly expensive. Um, I think they ran for like 89 bucks for the base set back then, which would be like 150 bucks now, so... So and, you know you could find these things. When did Nintendo first come out? Was it eighty four or eighty five? It, it was eighty five in the states, yeah. So this has been too like, I guess they should have made it set in eighty five when it first came out. That probably would make more sense. It, it would have, yeah. If it was like the opening it, week, and you know, really uh, was... if you're really scrutinizing it, because most kids that are watching this would know shit the difference, you know, like. It's only like us old people that we're like, well, really, uh, it's two mm-hmm. years too far in advance on the timeline. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, totally. But it, it bothered the hell out of me because, like, if I know history about any one thing, it is video games. Yeah. So, then you'd be looking at like the the store scene, looking at all the games around the Nintendo, and you know, scrutinizing like that didn't come out until '87. It can't be '85. Yeah. This was, you know, you'd be we'd be doing that, playing well, that game. So. I think I, one thing I, that... There was one instance where they're playing a game uh, where that game just doesn't exist, and I, that uh, pissed me off. Well, the other thing is, <laughs> but um, but yeah, should, uh, I, should... I don't know. Sorry. I think they should no, it, it, uh, <laughs> had more of the games that were like what we played back then, like Duck Hunt and like Mario, like should have been forefront, you know. Uh-huh. Well, I think the problem was licensing because when like at the opening scene when they go to Grandma's house and you know the kid is bored and he's like, oh, I bet it's still here. There's his old Nintendo and he dusts off his old case with all the games on it the titles that are in there are all non-nintendo owned properties and they're all oh. pretty crappy for the most part i think paper boy is the only one i like noticed <laughs> I was like, oh god I it was so like paper boy xevious defender you know oh, okay the movie pulled up on my uh, TV, so I can go t- to it real quick. See if I can find it. Go to that. Go to that exact. I, the, the game you're talking about, Blaine. That's that like fighting game or whatever that they play later on. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, like the girl. The girl. <laughs> it was. It was crucial to the story at that point. But uh, yeah, they were right. showing the power gloves yeah. infallibility. <laughs> that was dead on. Yeah, I was <laughs> that, surprised they were able. Got able to get the licensing for that because um, that is a officially licensed Nintendo product, but I guess because it's they not don't, like they don't claim product. it, they don't want that. That <laughs> could be. <laughs> thing was so I was horrible. thinking because it was an accessory and not an IP that uh, that might be why, you know. Okay. Possibly. Paperboy. Rampage. Oh yeah, oh, yeah I was shown quite a bit actually. Sprint something. I, like I can't remember what that. I can't see what that. Viper Sprint. <laughs> Viper Sprint? Is that a game? Uh, Viper NES. Maybe Codename Viper? Codename Viper, there you go. Yeah, that's probably... Yeah, and Viper's like, yeah, the big lettering, so that's, that might be it. Uh, I don't know. some shit, like, games for only... I guess, uh, according to the, you know, the, the end of the movie, it makes sense it only has, like, six games. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then there's the, the other scene that mentions, like, specific games at all is the one where he's in the mall and he's playing at the kiosk, 
and it's like he's like hey do you have this and it's like i don't have that you know he's like how about this <laughs> i don't have that mm-hmm. and like he goes down a list and i think two or three of the games that he names are like the ones that are actually in his case at the beginning of the movie too wow. so they probably only had like licensing to mention those six games i imagine you know a lot of them are probably expensive to get a hold of these days so they were wanting you know especially with their, the budget on this thing they, they already got neil patrick harris they got uh steve zahn you know it's steve pretty zahn he's one of my yeah. favorites so i was yeah, so excited and, yeah and he's great he plays the dad in this yeah. and hello yep still here yeah. oh uh yeah and uh I don't know, I guess we'll just, like, quick get into the story, because the story's, it's not, like, convoluted. It's like I said, uh, there's, like, one rich kid in this town that has a Nintendo, and all the kids go over to his house, and they have to, like, sort of give him, like, tribute and shit just to, <laughs> to get inside. <laughs> and it's, yeah. yeah, it's kind of pathetic. Like, he chooses, yeah. like, five kids to come in. He's got this really baller-ass gamer room because his dad's a pediatrician or a podiatrist or something. Podiatrist. Podiatrist, foot doctor. And so they make a lot of money, and he gets, like, all the newest shit. And he's got this baller game room with, you know, candy and cookies and sodas and a big TV for the era. You know, it's like a big 37-inch TV. (laughs) It's 42-inch. Oh, my gosh, yeah. 42-inch. Huge back then. It would have been unbelievably massive for, you know, the 80s. And, yeah... He invites these kids in, and the story revolves around Neil Patrick Harris's character. When he's young, he's got a, like, bratty sister, a mom and dad, and uh, his friends are, at least in the movie, he's got two friends uh, that are uh, black, that are twins. Uh, The girl is decidedly way better at video games than the boy. And then he's got what I can't even remember his other friends, to be honest. Now, I, I I think this differentiates from the book quite a bit, right? Yeah, in the book, it's like all boys. There's no girl. Yeah. Um, the the the, the uh, descriptions of everyone um, isn't. Too, I, I actually turned to the page, so I'm like Evan Olson, Matt Mahoney, Steve Zielinski, Ryan Gusecki, Tommy Gusecki. Uh, there was there was one guy that like always lies. And uh, I don't think he was in the book, but I love the character. I loved that character. I I felt like he was one of the best people because every kid had this fucking friend and probably still does. Like Uh mine was named Ace Harding, I think was his name. Sorry to call you out, Ace. I haven't seen you in two decades. But the dude would like come, like he came to school and he claimed he figured out a way to make adamantium and he was making a sword out of it and you couldn't break it. <laughs> and, you know, like he made a satellite dish on top of his house using tinfoil and some like popcorn bowls and stuff and he got like 350 channels, you know, this sort of thing. So, Ace, you're a fucking liar. I knew it then, but I was too nice to call you out. Uh, you know, I loved how they need him in the movie, though. It's like that one point, like, we need someone to make up a story, and he's like, turns, he's yeah, like, he's time. you need something? I gotcha. <laughs> right. My favorite part of the movie, Perfect. though, uh, besides the video game stuff, is uh, the scene where they're doing King of the Mountain, and that brought back, like, some memories of when I was a kid, and there's always that fucking ogre, <laughs> that fucking yeah. ogre of a kid that's like, 
twice your height but the same age as you and you don't understand how he's like grown so much and he's just yeah. dom- and he's just dominating you by throwing you off the mountain <laughs> i don't think they're allowed to do that anymore in school like if you can it's probably, no probably too no you, can, you <laughs> couldn't do that there's no touching in school uh, but yeah that was a big thing yeah we had a few in in uh in 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 our grade too one of which was a girl that we nicknamed gorilla girl uh and she was just massive and she would like pick you up and throw you in the ditch and we had like a song where we would sing about her and stuff in retrospect just horrible you know but you're talking about fifth grade i I don't remember all the lyrics but i do remember uh gorilla girl you'd be the one i love even though i wouldn't touch you even with a glove or something like that i love the the uh the wreath selling uh, part of the book, it's like you know the the big goal is to or they sell all whoever sells the most wreaths, the like Boy Scout group or whatever, will like is gonna give away the allegedly a, a Nintendo is the grand prize and you know that part like got my entire life like the school would get us to sell stuff like when I played soccer oh, totally. they'd, they'd get us to sell stuff so like going door to door to like all my neighbors trying to sell like all this bullshit and like it resonated so well and then I loved love the outcome how he wins it but he they you know do the end around and he gets a encyclopedia set instead but i liked how like from that point on like he was kind of a smarter kid and like how do you know that and he's like well i got an i want an encyclopedia random shit i'm like yeah, the book the twins won it because i think they like combined their scores and they won first place but uh whatever uh, yeah, I, I I was gonna say there's quite a few things that they they changed, you know, but it's a, effectively the same story. And that yeah. story is, you know, um, that all the kids want a Nintendo so they can quit going over this asshole's house to be able to play. Uh, they're playing a game oh, at no. some point. No, no, it's because, where... because he rage uh, he rage loses and throws like the controller at the TV and destroys it, so he can't have the Nintendo. And the dog dies. Oh, the uh, it the... doesn't die. In the book, I think it died, right? But in the I, you know, I can't remember in the book if it died or if it was all right. I want to say it may have died. Yeah. yeah, I thought it died in the book. That's why when it was getting ready to happen, my wife's like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Don't worry, it'll be fine." And I was like, "Oh boy, <laughs> don't die, don't die." <laughs> yeah, they they, I, I, you know, and you can see these concessions made to make it more of a family movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. But a forty-two inch TV falls on a dog. That dog is done. It's this is yeah. a little chihuahua-looking thing. Um, yeah, and they're playing, that was the part that pissed me off, is they're playing a fighting game that doesn't exist on the Nintendo. Um, it looked awesome, I want to play it, but, uh, there are plenty of, well, I said, there's a few fighting games for the Nintendo that they could have been playing, you know, they could have been playing, like, the Double Dragon Versus, they could have been playing, uh, Karate Champ, or, uh, Turtle Tournament Fighters. <laughs> That's about it. Um, but I guess they didn't want to license any of those, so they just came up with a completely new property. And the whole shtick is he gets the power glove, and he's uh, you know going to use it. All these kids are giving him all this shit to be able to come in the house to see it in work, even though they're not going to get to play with a thing. And they're all, all expecting it to be awesome, but it is like it really is. It is a total just waste of time piece of crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he gets frustrated it's called and silent drop kicks fist. called silent fist is what it's called silent fist it looked awesome I mean I, I like to play some silent fist but yeah he, he like does this fucking like incredibly fake looking but hilarious drop kick on the TV and that TV 
like smashes and then falls on the dog. Which, okay, you know, and I knew a kid like this. You know, I went over to his house when I was a kid and we're playing Mega Man. And every time he like fell in a pit on Gutsman stage, he would just like rage to the point where he threw a controller directly at the TV. And luckily, you know, it just bounced off, but it easily could have smashed the thing. And I remember thinking, like, who plays like this? You know, I, I've never. You know, the, the most I've done is, like, grip a controller really tight and set it down and walk away, you know? I don't understand people that are like, oh, I've got to break this thing, you know, because it... I, I don't get it. I don't know. Hello? Oh, I'm... I've never been that mad either. There's been some times playing, like, I think Monopoly for in the NES where I've, like, lost it, but nothing physical. Yeah, but, uh... I, I don't understand it, but... But yeah, and then from there they uh, decide to try and do like win their own Nintendo through this reef contest, and uh, the one kid does some. The main character uh, through his little sister um, learns that it'd be a small idea for him to go to the nursing home, which is completely just brilliant. If kids, if you're listening, go to nursing homes. Old people love to spend money on children. Um, yeah, absolutely, just gotta talk to them Yeah, just to have something to do and, But they will pinch your cheeks And uh, tell you about the good old days And smell But, you know, might be worth it to you uh, But yeah, she gives him this information Because he promises to help her get a Cabbage Patch doll And uh, those scenes are great too I love that they can't find the Cabbage Patch doll And Steve Zahn has to resort to Going to like this underground like guy oh, Which is still a thing also, David Cross is a kind of a if you know who he is. Yeah. yeah, that was cool to see him. I don't remember his character in the book as much. I remember in the book, his dad does go to buy like a, a cabbage patch doll from a guy, but I didn't think he was character was you know that fleshed out. But... Prominent, yeah, and it was awesome that it was David Cross because he's like one of the best comedians alive in my opinion. I, I absolutely mm-hmm. love him, and and here he is playing this schmarmy guy, and you, you almost couldn't pick a more perfect guy, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, sells them the cabbage patch for like an absorbent amount and stuff. And but like you said, they they end up doing this contest. And of course, the main character in, in this version sells the most. But instead of uh, getting a Nintendo, as was promised, which you know, if you put something in print, I'm pretty sure you have to do that. But uh, I think there'd be some legal ramifications involved, but they just kind of glaze that over. Uh, they end up giving them a set of encyclopedias because the town got together and banned Nintendo mm-hmm. a la Footloose, you know, banning music. They just go, okay, let's ban Nintendo because it causes violence, which has been an argument that has been going on since the advent of video games, is that, you know, people become violent because of the games or whatever and it's uh, been proven time and time again not to be true but you know there you go and so these kids have to devise a way to get a Nintendo for themselves and that's a big part of the book and a big part of the movie is their whole plan that they hatch to yeah. buy a Nintendo on on a field trip yeah why don't you explain it oh, I, gosh it's so it's so convoluted it's tough to explain like they're visiting. What are they visiting in New York City? Are they in New York or they're in Chicago? Sorry, Chicago. Chicago, Chicago. yeah. Um, they're visiting a museum or something like that. And the plan is to like stall the bus for like the perfect amount of time for Jake to slip off the bus and like run in, grab the Nintendo, 
and uh, run out. And the way they stop the bus is they have one of their friends who's who they've already foreshadowed as being allergic to SpaghettiOs, uh, <laughs> eat a bunch of SpaghettiOs, and then start puking all over the place. Meanwhile, the twins are like sneaking Jake off the bus by blocking the alarm on the back door and getting him out the back door of the bus. And he slips in, and this is where he gets like caught up. And they need to have that uh, lying kid like make a phone call to the mall because those two mothers are there, right? And they're like protesting in front of the store. Yeah. And Jake can't find an entry point. And I that's, again, that's like one of my favorite parts. This guy needed to be activated finally to. Help the crew, like, uh, get the Nintendo. He does purchase the Nintendo, although on the way out, uh, another foreshadowed event with Ice being in front of the mall. He slips and falls, and the Nintendo gets crushed by the bus. Slides on under the bus, and a crushing moment, which... Uh, I love how they timed how long he's going to puke, but how many... How much? Yeah, yeah. Videos. They did testing, right? Yeah, they tested how long, how long it's gonna, t- how much time they have. <laughs> Dude, like earlier testing, we realized he's, like, he's got two minutes, minutes left to puke at him. <laughs> oh, I love that line. Oh gosh, my wife. She, I mean, she wanted me to mention that, like, she does not, and she's not a big video game person at all. But she like really liked this movie. She like so. So video game stuff aside, I guess like even your you know non video game enthusiast uh, can find the story enjoyable enough uh, to watch Tokes. it. So it's almost an anti video game movie at the but like once you get to the end, you know. True. True. Why don't you? Why don't we go? Why don't we take it all the way there now? What happens? Christmas morning. <clears throat> what happens, Cujo? Uh, well, he hopes he's getting a Nintendo. Um, he opens all his presents, and no Nintendo. And then they do the double fake, where, oh, look, that big old box from your uncle, or whoever it was, or your aunt, or something. Mm-hmm. And he grabs it, oh, not heavy enough to be Nintendo. Of course, the the ill-fated Light Bright. Uh, same size box as Nintendo. It's a fucking light bright. I remember getting the light bright too and being disappointed. Dude, my uh, kid had a light bright. Like we kept getting them from different aunts and uncles and stuff. She had like two or three of the damn things. I'm still to this day finding those little pegs in the carpet and in random corners and shit. God, I hate those things. They were just the worst. Yeah, no one ever really made anything out of them. You just kind of like stuck a bunch in there and we're like okay you know maybe you'd start something and it was like evident it was going to take for freaking ever so you just stopped i did it one time things. because like they uh mine came with like a pattern you know so you just push the thing mm. with the pattern there's a like, color code pattern or whatever and i did it one mm-hmm. time i was like oh okay i guess i'm done with light bright <laughs> yeah so uh, i've conquered it moving on it, it could be cool if like you did one with like an 8-bit image or something like a zelda yeah. or something scene well, and you did it really well and had that like lit up somewhere but i messed around with it and it, it there's just not enough like i guess maybe if you got like a really big light bright maybe there'd be enough but there's not enough peg holes to do like any intricate scenes really um, well, it's like some yeah, of so can probably figure out something, but it's like it's it's like a niche thing for a niche person. It's like so, yeah. like for any like normal you know everyday use, it's like you're not gonna really it's, it's not gonna really uh, go that not gonna get much use out of it. I, I should say so. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the spirograph. It's like it looks cool on the commercial, but then in, in like in practice, it's like oh 
Okay, I guess. Oh uh, man. I spiral grab. What do you do? <laughs> a whole episode of toys from the era that seemed like they were cool because the dumb commercial, and then when you actually got a hold of one, you were like, "Well, this is just the worst thing." Y'all remember? <laughs> uh, y'all remember? Skip it. Oh, oh yeah. I had that damn and the very best thing of all. I just said, "Have the wrong ball." <laughs> Try to beat your very just, best score. Nice oh, God. Yeah, great skip market. it. Skip it. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. That, that stuck with me for 30 years. Yeah. The actual mm-hmm. skip it, dumb as shit. Also, uh, because the centrifugal force of that thing was constantly pulling your one jumping leg with the, you know, the ball attached like to one side or the other. So while you were midair, you were constantly having to like try and readjust or it would like kick it out from under you. So yeah, it was like the fall simulator was all that thing was. It was also, garbage. It's made of super hard plastic. So when you didn't jump right, it smashed your shin so hard. <laughs> was, yep. It was not, it was not a fun toy. It was not, it was not fun. Well, that was most of the toys of the era, though. I mean, we could, like I said, we could do a whole damn episode over just uh, crappy toys from our youth that were overpriced, you know. But uh, we're talking we about Christmas. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, he gets the stupid light bright. But then uh, you were saying he did the double fake, and then what? So then his dad's like, I forget, like, how he does it. It's like they're going to his grandparents or something, and I'm just like, oh, wait, one more thing. Something like that, right? Pick up the dog, dog shit. Yeah, oh, the dog crap. <laughs> He's like, oh, make sure you start behind the uh, the shed or something. Mm-hmm. And then he goes behind the shed. What's waiting for him? And there's a big-ass treehouse his dad built him. Yeah, his boss. Yeah, and so and... It was, it's fantastic. It's like the, every kid's dream is a treehouse. Like, you don't realize how awesome they are until you go to a friend's, someone that has one, you can play, like, you know, uh, cops and robbers or anything on that thing. Oh yeah, um, it's so fun. Yeah. and it's like, yeah, that would. I think that would be better than a Nintendo. Uh, eh. That age. Uh, I mean, the Nintendo's good too. I think both are great gifts, but like, oh yeah. But that thing, like, it, it was more than that. It's because his dad built it, and then he was him and his dad built onto more of it. They were able to work together, and it was kind of like a bonding thing. He had for with, sure. He had with his dad. And the book. The book ends right with the. Yeah, just the treehouse. It's like boom, treehouse. Thanks, Dad. Best Christmas gift ever. And then the movie takes it the extra. Yeah, they want to p- pull some tears out of your eyes. Yeah, so. that was good. I like that part. That was good though. Yeah, it was, was, it was, I wanted Steve Zahn like one more time because he's so hilarious. But like, yeah, Grandpa's not around for Christmas because mm-hmm. he passed a few years ago or whatever. And yeah, but his legacy and their their mark lives on like everywhere. Yeah. Um, Working projects from that point on, they found their thing, and that's you know, that's how they bonded and stuff. And that's cool. And he did end up getting the Nintendo, but the next year, from doing like a paper out and saving up and mm-hmm. doing the whole thing, so pretty cool. Um, because yeah, at the I end, don't know. Like, so, wait, how'd you get the Nintendo? Because they never explained it until like the very, very end, <laughs> right? And he finally like gives this one last, like almost throwaway yeah. line where it's just like, Yeah, I. I got a paper out the next year, and it's like, well, you you could have started with that, Dad, but no. Uh, yeah. It's a good story. <laughs> no, it, it, it is a good story. It's very wholesome. It's very well done. I'd recommend it to uh, anyone, you know, that has a family and kids, and, uh, you know, this will bring up, like, topics of, oh, wow, you used to play video games on that thing, and look at that thing. It looks like a giant toaster, and, you know, it does look ridiculous. I mean, gaming back then was incredibly silly and simplistic, um, but you know, I, I would argue that the, the Nintendo 
upwards in the very least like the 8-bit era up holds up to this day you'll find titles even for you know kids and teenagers that they will enjoy to some extent you know um whereas the atari area sorry guys older than me i cannot get into most of the atari games they're just too simplistic um yeah but uh you know the artwork uh, looks amazing i'll give you that yeah yeah, yeah. there's some bo- box covers it, it's akin to the music industry you know it's like you can go back to the 30s and listen to like old jazz and still find some cool stuff there but if you go back to like the 1800s like the earliest recordings you know edison cylinders and stuff and it's just some guy singing acapella uh, you know the light by the silvery moon or something you're like okay yeah <laughs> this is this is not really I see where you're going, but no, it's, I, I can't pull a whole lot from that. But, I mean, again, there are some things, and there are some things on Atari, too, that I don't want to say it's just like a totally crap system. I certainly own one in, you know, 50 or 80 games or whatever. But, um, but yeah, it, it, it's neat because it, it kind of helps you bridge the gap. I wish I would have watched it with my daughter, but the time that I had to be able to watch it was during the day while she was at school. So... That's when I did so, and but uh, you know, probably one I watch every year. I I wouldn't mind, and maybe not like sit down the whole family watch it, but I'll probably like have it on, and you know while we're decorating the tree or whatever, cooking, baking cookies. I don't know. It's it's, it's, yeah. it's good enough. It's good. We liked it. My kids liked it. They want to watch it again, but we're like, oh, there's so much to watch. Maybe hope I might might check it out again this year. Who knows? But again, I'm not gonna sit down and. You know, go through the whole thing, but I recommend it. I mean, yes, watch it, please. It's great. It's kind of like our yeah, it, it's really good. Our generation's kind of a Christmas story because it talks about our childhood um, and how we had to live our life. Instead of, you know, it's twenty years later, you know. Yeah, more than or thirty years yeah. later, maybe. So yeah, it's probably yeah. So it's it's uh definitely like the scenes of like the life like how you lived your life and stuff it's definitely done really well it's definitely how it was it's so so much different than today like even even up to like the scenes where you know the kids have like more uh free reign than than the kids nowadays like back then i i I can remember my mom just like you know i'll see when the the sun goes down kind of thing you know she yeah. wouldn't even that was just like a something understood or maybe she don't had to tell me one time but I, I would get on my bike and like she had no idea where i was for you know eight nine ten hours at a time and i'm like you know eight nine ten years old you know and I'd be and driving all over the island go outside and play would be something my mom would say and she wouldn't care what i did just go outside and play leave me the fuck alone <laughs> And, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, even like, and even like, kids these days, uh, you you can't let them do that. I mean, there's too many weirdos, weirdos and stuff. Yeah, it seems like there's a real uptick. Uh, luckily, you know, technology is starting to make that number diminish again. And I, I honestly think that there was plenty of weirdos back in the '80s and before. Uh, it just wasn't. It was like quietly swept under the rug more often than it is now. You know, it's just kind of the sad truth of things but nowadays we've got cameras everywhere and everything like that so it, it helps out but i still i wouldn't let my daughter go outside and play by herself like out in the backyard for a while but i'm not gonna let her you know walk down the street by herself at eight there's no way but i was doing it i was doing it at six you know so the whole like uh going door to door selling stuff like i had to do that for school like but it was it was chocolate oh, yeah. it was like chocolate bars and i literally went door to door and i hated it but like trying to sell like fucking shit to, to people 
Yeah, like, we, we all did it. I did the thing. They used to have these things in the back of comic books where they would be like, hey, you know, sell our product and you get points for everything you sell and then you can get like that sweet mountain bike or the Nintendo or whatever for like an exorbitant amount of price points rather but the truth of the matter was no one ever got that shit like because you'd go to 30 houses maybe one old person would buy something from you like a couple of candles or something like that and you'd get your 20 points and like for 20 points all you could get was like a sticker set or something yeah <laughs> so you know yeah i definitely did that in fact me and another kid uh did one together and i think we only sold like two or three items total because we were going to try and get i think it was a mountain bike i, I don't it was something big and like we quickly learned that no there's you're never going to ever get that stuff <sighs> excuse me you guys still there i lose you no. i'm yeah we're still here <laughs> sorry no one knows when to start talking because there's three of us it's weird yeah. um but Have yeah eight bit christmas great guy he was an incredible guest um yeah Find, let's find that interview and make sure we put it in a title too. Kevin Jakubowski interview. Uh, yeah, yeah. So someone, yeah. someone Google's it. They, they that pops up or not Google's it, but searches for it. Put it on the end of this and try and make this yeah. episode extra long. But uh, you know, then if you want to turn it off after this episode, then that's fine. I guess uh, that's about all I have to say about a big Christmas. I can't think of anything else unless you guys got something. Um. Yeah, there was the only other thing I want to say. They didn't really have that many games they like showed. Honestly, the only two there's only a couple. Yeah. That I mean, they had yeah. It was like what Paperboy and Rampage and that fake game and what was the gun one? I don't know. I don't remember it. Like when they're shooting guns at the screen, like the first time they go to the oh, where where the kid like put his uh, gun like right up against the screen. He's like, I could do this all day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What was, what was that? Urban Champion or something? I don't yeah, know. That kid's a putz. Uh, it was. I don't. I don't know if that game was even real, to be honest, because there's only like twelve, I think, shooter games for the Nintendo, and some of them are pretty rare, like Chiller, um, and most of them are are horrifically bad. Like you've got Duck Hunt, and then Gotcha, I guess, is a decent one, and then after that, uh, it goes downhill pretty quick. Uh, uh, the portions of Bayou Billy, uh, what POW I think was, uh, it may have just had a reticle on screen. Uh, the Freedom Force, I mean, our guys, uh, 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 shooting gallery, uh, 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 game. What was that uh, one where you're like a, you're like a uh, detective, you have to like shoot, uh, Oh, Hogan's Alley, yeah. Hogan's Alley, there you go. Hogan's Alley, and uh, there was another one, too. Balloon, not Balloon Fight. I don't know. There was one where you had, like, gumshoe or something, where you had to shoot the guy. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's the one I'm thinking of. But Hogan's Alley's another one. Yeah, you had to, like, actually shoot the guy to make him jump, which is a neat mechanic, because the screen just scrolls by itself. That that game's actually pretty good. But, yeah, I, I, I didn't recognize the game they were playing. So it's one that I might own because I own most of the library, but uh, I don't play all the Nintendo games I own. Or if I, you know, a lot of them I play for like a minute and go, yeah, this is bad, and I just put it up. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, that was a, that was a disappointment. My only thought on that is it just had to be licensing issues because a lot of these old games, 
are either owned by major companies that would cost you a lot of money or they are owned by question mark and what i mean by that is a lot of these companies are now defunct and they got absorbed by another company and then that company went defunct and they're absorbed by a company so sometimes companies own properties and they don't even realize they own them and i've heard from other um things that are trying to license video for various games that it's nearly impossible to find out who even owns the copyright for some of these old titles because at this point it's just like a big question mark like well we sold this guy and they sold it this and sometimes they sell off not the entire company but pieces of it to multiple companies and you have to like go through the minutiae of okay we sold all the ips from this to this guy and so on and so forth so you know, that's part of the problem of why you're not seeing some some of these titles, like, come out on uh, modern-day systems, too, is because they either can't figure out or the company that owns them just doesn't give a shit uh, to do anything with it, you know, so. The unfortunate side effect, but yeah, we did get to see some quotations classics in the way of uh, Paperboy, Defender, I don't know. <laughs> Like, I, I really would have liked to have seen some actual footage, like in The Wizard, you know, but that was a Nintendo property that was doing it, so, and it was uh, of the era, so it was a lot more concise and easily found. I think, but yeah, that's that's about all I got to say. Like, uh, like I said, I wish they'd used real video games, and good movie overall, recommend it to anybody, great book too, um, I'm looking at my copy right now, uh, really good, wholesome, uh, book and a really good and wholesome movie. We we did fail to mention that the way they uh, paid for the majority of the video game was that they found that Billy Ripkin card that said uh, fuck off or whatever. Fuck, fuck face. Fuck, <laughs> fuck face, yeah. Fuck face on the hilt of the bat which yeah. is a very real card that uh, mm -hmm. somehow they had a bat that they nicknamed Fuckface and they like wrote Fuckface on the bottom of the bat and when they shot that picture he uh Un unknowingly had that bat and no one noticed and it was it's pretty prominent like how do you not notice but that on the bottom of the bat it just says fuck face which pretty funny you know mm -hmm. uh, there's another card like that that's worth a bunch where the guy was about to retire and he said he wasn't going to let him shoot his picture unless he could uh, glue a ball to his crotch and make it look like he got hit in the sack with a ball and they finally like agreed I can't he was like some nobody but they finally agreed to let him do it so like there's this one ball card with this guy with a looks like he's taking a nut shot when they just super glued this ball to his uh, jersey <laughs> but anyway <laughs> uh, but yeah trivia um, yeah that's about it uh, you guys want to talk about anything we've been doing or what, what's coming up next I, I think Cujo you and I are still going to be doing uh, Detective Pikachu don't know when that's coming out I still haven't watched it myself not not even sure where to watch it um, it was on HBO Max which uh, James thank you for letting me use your account to watch uh, 8-Bit Christmas that was really nice of you hey man but uh, you can get it on Amazon for a couple bucks to rent if you want to do that yeah, I'll probably end up just renting it on Amazon or like Hulu or something. I think I think I saw it was two ninety nine, so that's that's going to be the next episode. Uh, sorry that we're doing this episode in lieu of that, but because of the time of year, it just seemed more apropos. Um, other than that, I think uh, we're going to be doing Dragon's Dogma on your show, Kujo, which is the RPG show. Um, I've been playing. I think I put about thirty hours into that. 
um, total, and I'm I'm done. I think I'm done. <laughs> like it's a good game, and we'll get into that on that show. Uh, but like it's a it can be a very long game if you want it to be like a lot Skyrim. So uh, you platinum that I believe. So that should be a, a fun show, and you can fill in some of the gaps for the story for me and stuff. Because I only got like uh, I just now beat the Griffin atop the tower, like you know. But I did but virtually everything else I could do before then. So cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can listen to me and James. And thank you, James, for guesting on this. Uh, James and well, I used to do this me. show. Well, we used to do the show in uh, long, long ago, and you're always welcome. Mm-hmm. And. You know, we continue to this day. I think we're on our eighth year of doing a show. Uh, is it worth it? Which is part of the uh, RPG, uh, the retro RPG podcast, uh, starring Derek and Don. And they've actually, Derek's, or, yeah, Derek has been putting out uh, a lot of content lately, which is really cool. And they're going to be releasing. Uh, Cthulhu Saves Christmas uh, the day before Christmas, so you guys can look forward to that. Uh, I don't know if James and I are going to be getting to uh, an episode of Is It Worth It this month, although we may, you never know, but that episode will be um, Majora's Mask for the N64, and then later on it got ported to a number of things. So, yeah, that's about all I got. Anything else? Um, only other thing, uh, after Dragon's Dogma, we were playing um, Saga Frontier, so that's... That was what we were going. Uh, that was going to be our next game, but since I had just played Dragon's Dogma and you just finished it, and then um, Nick really liked the game, so that's why we're going to do that one next for the show. Yeah, I did this thing where I I was like looking at my PS3 titles and I'm looking them over and I'm going, I haven't played this, I haven't played this, and I had like I don't know thirty games that I haven't played, maybe more. And I was like, I need to rehook up my PS3 and start clearing out some of these titles that I intend to play. So I started with Evil Within, and that didn't stick. Like, it was all right, but I it, I wasn't loving it. So I was like, all right, I put like two hours into it. I don't even think I got one trophy. So I was like, all right, that's that's good. I'm done with this. And I put it up, and then I put in Dragon's Dogma because you had just played it, and I just wanted to get an idea of what kind of game it was. So I made like a joke character. I named her uh, Sour Cunt and I made her the absolute fattest, grossest looking thing. And it's hilarious. Every time she jumps, it makes me laugh. Uh, you kind of get used to it, but I mean, you can make your character obscenely obese on this game. And I was just like, I'm just going to make the grossest character I can. And I ended up like liking it. So then I was like already an hour in. So I was just stuck with like this horribly obese woman. <laughs> But uh, I'll, I'll get into that on the podcast because there was like one scene in particular that had me laughing harder than uh, I've laughed in years. So we'll get into that on that on that show. But yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, you can check out all our friends, whoever they are. Um, you know, random stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, maybe the next one is a good one. This one was. Yep. Um, also, uh, don't forget Discord. Did you say that? No, I didn't, but yeah, definitely come to Discord. Doug, I don't know if you listen to this show, uh, but, but we had a guy named Doug, I guess, right into uh, the RPG show, and he basically just shit all over Travis, which is fun. Um, <laughs> good on you. And uh, haven't heard from him since, and everyone's like speculating about this mysterious Doug guy. 
Uh, yeah, get in Discord, man. Uh, we actually, talk uh, there every day. We've got some new blood in there. Yeah, it's blowing up. Uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, here lately it's been kind of nuts. A lot of like old older people that uh, haven't been around for a while are like coming back here and there and like just dropping a sentence or two. And then you've got Mick and uh, what's his name, Go- Goingmon or Gomon or something, Gormit. They're relatively uh, like they've been around, but they've been posting a lot. So yeah, it's been kind so, of fun. So uh, yeah, if you you want to talk about this or uh, any games, just come on over to the Discord. Um, you can find it on the RPGshow.com. There's a link, or on the Facebook page. Is that yeah, a- I think there's also a link on our Facebook page for Is It Worth a Podcast. I think I I did put a link there years ago, but I'm not positive of that. So yeah, just go to the the RPG Show or their Facebook page, and you can find links to get in Discord. And I'm there uh, daily. James is there occasionally. Cujo is there daily. Or on most days, uh, yeah, and there's always something to be talked about. Join the discussion about whether or not Final Fantasy VIII is a piece of crap or not. Spoilers: it totally is. Um, <laughs> do that, uh, and yeah, I guess that that's about it. So thanks, everyone. And then uh, should keep it retro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep it retro. And then also, uh, this should be uh, we're going to attach on that interview starting right about now. All right, guys, we've got something a little special for you today. Normally, we talk about video games on this podcast, and we're, we're kind of doing that again. In the spirit of Christmas and the spirit of video games, um, my friend James, co-host of the show, sent me a book some months back. He said, Blaine, you got to read the book. Um, he said, but definitely wait till November. No, what? Hello? <laughs> what was that? I don't know yep. what that was. But anyway, he says, you got to read this book. Wait till November. Uh, so I did. I read the book. Almost instantly, I was in love with it. The book, 8-Bit Christmas. The author, uh, Kevin Jakubowski. I hope I didn't brutalize your last name. And he's with us today. Perfect. Thank you. Cool. Uh, He's with us today to talk about said book. Now, it's called 8-Bit Christmas, but for me, Kevin, this book should have been called Nostalgia with a capital N-E-S. It's all about... A little boy, uh, Jack Doyle, and he is obsessed with the idea of Nintendo. And I think for everyone listening, that that was us. As a little boy, I know me, for me it was Super Nintendo more than Nintendo. I believe, James, it was the Nintendo. Uh, yeah, this touch way too close to home. Yeah, a lot of things in this <laughs> book just really cut close to home. Uh, there are a lot of parallels in this book um, to a Christmas story. Uh, I think that's probably, uh, was, was that an inspiration for you at all? Or? Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, huge fan of uh gene shepherd he's probably my favorite author and uh oh really you know i i, I grew up you know loving a christmas story it's, it's my favorite favorite movie of all time so uh yeah it's it's an homage in, in many ways to that uh, movie and to to that uh story what about footless any was that just a happy accident <laughs> You know, I've done a bunch of these, and until someone told me that, I had no idea that it was a plot similar to Footloose, I mean, when it absolutely is. It's, <laughs> so that was just a coincidence. Okay, it's not ridiculous at all. There actually was a town that had banned video games, and it didn't get repealed until, like, 2010 or something. Um, oh, wow, no way. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was on a podcast I listened to. They were talking about it. You know, it was causing uh, kids to congregate in areas that they didn't want and stuff, so they banned the idea of the arcade and everything so and then it just kind of stayed on the books even though it later on then as the 80s appeared and stuff it came kind of a law that shouldn't have still been there but then someone realized oh hey this is something we probably uh, not have on the books we've been ignoring it 20 
So yeah. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. So do you still have the games from when you were a kid that you talk about in this book? Or I, I mean, do. Okay. Yeah, I had, I I think a lot of, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I remember getting rid of some of the games, like as I, like, you know, was in like high school or college or whatever, or even earlier than that, maybe even like junior high, uh, like giving them to a cousin or whatever, like some of them, and then years later being like really bummed about that. I still always had my Nintendo and I had a few select games, but in the course of, you know, writing this book, I, I went on eBay and got a bunch of those games back. Sure. <laughs> so, good man, good man. Yeah, yeah. So I have I have a good a good stock of them now. Like about how many? I'm I'm a major collector. James is a moderate collector. What are we looking at? Oh, it's it's very few. It's probably like ten games. Oh no, that's that's um, a okay. I, yeah. I'm not really. Uh, I just basically went back and bought the games that I really loved from your RBI game. baseball and ice hockey uh, and a couple other ones. See RBI baseball. When you mentioned it in the book, that that game in particular, that was the game that I played with my dad. Right. Um, I I didn't I love baseball. Uh, I didn't particularly love RBI baseball. I think I've heard you uh, comment that the characters uh, look like Kirby Puckett, and that's a very apt description. That you got these little fat, <laughs> chubby, almost chibi characters and stuff. But when you started going into detail in the book about you know you learned exactly how many swings that you could take when a slow ball you know after Fernando Venezuela's arm gave out you know like three swings before it reached the you know it was like yes I did that you know and um, some. Something that that I always noticed, uh, or that I, that I thought was, was hilarious, rather, as a kid about RBR baseball, is, is it had a watch option where you could just like choose to watch the computer oh, play right. itself. <laughs> That's right. Like, who did that? Who, 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 like, who would do that? I'm sure, like, the first time you got the game, somebody's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, never did it again. I mean, what a bizarre, that's such, like, that just shows, like, what an early game it was. Like, I I bet the programmers were just so excited that this was a thing that they could do. They're like, yeah, let's do that. This is really neat. But uh, it's for obsessive gamblers, the people that want to gamble, and there's no sports on. Dead on Nintendo games. I was thinking more like Cub fans that wanted to see, you know, them win or something. Of course, now, man. <laughs> oh, and, all bets are off now. I tell you, it's been an amazing couple weeks for me with oh, the I, Cubbies, man. I, oh, God. Yeah, Did you attend the uh, after party where there was, like, what, five million people? Like the I, I couldn't. I, I live in L.A. and uh, oh, that's right. that's in production right. on something else, so I couldn't, I couldn't get there. But, yeah, it was, like, the seventh largest gathering of humans in history. Oh, yeah. Man. James and I were texting back and forth throughout that game. I was at work. Uh, James, I think, was at home watching the game. Um, James, is that your dog? <laughs> Yeah, it's my dog. There's sirens going by. They got a howl at the of sirens. Of course. Surprised you can hear Sorry, that. Kevin. Um, it's all right. <laughs> but yeah, we, our, our, our fans are quite used to it. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> hey, listen to them. Highly professional. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna mute myself for a little while until they're dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank, thanks for you, James. Sorry, Kevin. Um, That's all right. Yeah, James and I were, were texting back and forth throughout the seven. Like, every just shot for shot of that game, it, it, it really is. It's going to, they said at the end of it, it's going to be a movie. I'm wondering who's going to portray, you know, the uh, storybook, storybook. I can't imagine, like, I'm not even a Cubs fan. Like, I was, I'm a, I'm an A's fan from way back. Um, but I always rooted for the Cubs. You know, you mentioned, like, back in the day, the Andre Dawson Day stuff. And that, like, I was like, yeah, they were really good back then, but not, you know, Dwight Gooden, I think, too. Or was he with the Mets? He was on the Mets, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
know. But yeah, you mentioned all like I, I haven't followed baseball a lot since uh, since I was a kid. I kind of fell out of favor with it for the most part uh, due to like the player strike and some it's just a bunch of whiny millionaires now. You know, so <laughs> um, I haven't really followed it. But in your book, it's 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 literally like everything that you're talking about in the book is is my child. Um, there's a phrase that you use throughout the book: Nintendo no friendo. Is that actually a phrase, or did you make that up? <laughs> uh, it was actually uh, something that my little cousin uh, said at the time. I think his, his parents didn't like him playing it very much, and I remember him saying it, so it became sort of like an inside family joke. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. Nintendo no friendo. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, in the book, you have a cast of characters. I relate li- literally to all of them. Um, Jack Doyle, the main character, that's obviously the one I relate to most. That's me. Um, are you secretly Jack or Jake Doyle, rather? Yeah, I think, I think uh, you know, that's a big part of me that was Jake. Uh, um you know, I, I like all my friends that, that Christmas just wanted this Nintendo badly, <laughs> willing to do whatever it took, uh, you know, and, and I think anybody, whether it's a Nintendo or anything, if you celebrate Christmas or even just as a kid, uh, just, just wanting something really badly and, uh, and just sort of the pressures that you put on yourself to, to get that thing or whatever, uh, you know, so I, I certainly, uh, am, am Jake in, in many ways, you know, it's, it's mostly based on my childhood and, you know, friends and family members growing up and, sure. you know, you always put an imaginative spin on everything, but, you know, there's some there's some elements of truth there for all those characters. Yeah, they always say, write what you know, and and I do know that the, the town that this takes place in is your uh, hometown, so it's really it cool. It is, yeah. Yeah, really cool stuff. Um, there's there's uh, Timmy Clean, who's like the poor little rich kid. I think we all knew this guy as a kid. I, I, we I, all had one in our neighborhood, yeah. We for all sure. had one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I treated mine as a kid because I was I was a poor kid. I up until I was actually an adult, I couldn't afford more than like two or three games, you know. Um, and I treated the the rich kid I knew more like a blockbuster than anything else, where I would just kind of borrow games from him all the time, <laughs> stuff, you know. And then um, no, I, I yeah, there's a guy, one of my best friends. Uh, parents wouldn't let him have a Nintendo, but they actually somehow let him buy one game. So he had a game. I think it was RBI baseball, okay. and he would just go over to our our rich friends and like play. The- <laughs> Came on his <laughs> oh man! Oh. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was bizarre. It was bizarre, but yeah, I think everybody had or knew that one kid who, at least whether he was rich or not, the kid who got Nintendo first, and that was just. I mean, you had to be his best friend, right? Uh, despite any you might have kind of brought you together. Um, <laughs> so, James, you have a question for? Uh, you know, I I wanted to comment on um, one of my favorite parts of books, or uh, when you describe your when you had to sell those Christmas wreaths. Read, excuse me. Oh, for sure. You actually have to do that um go door to door and for your boy scouts yeah in in cub scouts yeah i mean looking back i you know sort of the second act of the story needed a a motor and uh that was just one thing I remembered from, from my childhood was having to sell things for Cub Scouts to get, you know, these ridiculously stupid little prizes. And I remember one year they did put a Nintendo. Oh, wow. And that just kind of like upped the ante on everything. And that so, is quite the carrot. That is quite the carrot to get kids to do yeah. whatever you want. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what the item yeah, was. Yeah, I was a terrible salesman. I remember <laughs> hating, hating having to go door to door selling things like chocolate bars and stuff. I hated it. Oh, it was the worst. Uh, I actually convinced the neighbor kid to do it for me, and I would split the booty with him. And I think we ended up getting like some uh, Christmas cards or something. Yeah, I Tom sorted him. Yeah, so. 
Um, in the book, there's a love interest in the way of Miss Hiroshi. Am I, I'm probably butchering it. Um, I think we all were secretly in love with a teacher. Who is yours? <laughs> Hiroshi's sort of a, a made-up uh, amalgamation of, of a bunch of people. Or uh, I remember really having a crush on my teacher in sixth grade. Um, but this this teacher is sort of a, a figment of my imagination, I guess. Um, but I, I, I know, you know, every every guy has had a had a crush on at least oh one of the teachers, and there's just something really funny about that. Especially if you're a little kid, when you have that crush, you just you have no idea what to do with it or or what it really even is. So that always oh. seemed like a really funny kind of relationship, especially when. The teacher is sort of oblivious to that, um, yeah. which I, I thought made for a good little arc in there. No, no doubt. Yeah, uh, mine. I still have dreams of her to this day. She's probably in her six now, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, still yet. You know, I'm a I'm a happily married man, but if she showed up on my doorstep, there'd be a conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, and in your mind, though, she's exactly. You know, in my exactly mind, exactly the same. Teacher is still. 23 years old and you know mm-hmm. um, but yeah she's you know 40 something now so um, interesting yes yeah, so is there any chance at all that we're going to see 8-Bit Christmas as a movie or even a, a short series I really hope so I actually uh, wrote it initially first as a, a screenplay um, and uh, it got close to being made this was about 10 years ago mm-hmm. um, and then uh, got the rights back and just ultimately decided that <laughs> Because as, as I, that's what I do for a living. I'm a film and TV writer, and I had gotten to the point at that time where I was, you know, writing a lot of things that I had no control over ultimately, um, and uh, writing a lot of things that would just sit on a studio shelf or, you know, sort of in development hell, and and never actually got produced. Um, and uh, this was an opportunity to tell this story in a way that, you know, could get an audience. Um, so, and it didn't need, you know, twenty million dollars behind it and a studio agreement. So um, that's kind of what brought me to writing the book. And at some point, absolutely, I, I definitely want this to, to be a movie again. Oh, that, I, that's the ultimate plan. I would kick Is there any chance you might? Okay. No, yeah, me James. too. Is there any chance you might do more writing, uh, maybe in this genre or another genre? Yeah, I mean, the I'm actually shooting a new uh, TV series right now for Verizon that I created uh, called Play by Play. Um, it's about an ESPN sportscaster who looks back on his life and sort of gives the play-by-play of his adolescence, sort of like the Wonder Years, uh, but with a sports twist that's set in the 90s, um, which is a similar tone to 8-Bit Christmas. You know, it's a narrator looking back on his life. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. We're in production right now, and uh, I, I think you, any fans of 8-Bit Christmas would, would be a fan of play-by-play. So it'll, it'll come out later next year, and, and I'm excited about it. Check that out. Uh, what are some other projects that you've worked on? I, I know about uh, the assassination of a high school president. I haven't watched it yet because I'm a jackass, but I will be watching it soon, I promise. <laughs> um, and then Brickleberry was a show that you worked on for Nickelodeon, and... Brickleberry was Comedy Central. Oh, uh, bad. that's all right. Um, and then, yeah, I uh, I created a series for Nickelodeon called Legendary Dudas, um, which is sort of like, in my mind at least, uh, The Office, but for kids. Um, so that was really fun. Uh, I wrote for another show called Bizarre Vark recently, which is on Disney. Um, and wrote a bunch of other movies that never got made and uh, a bunch of pilots that uh, didn't go to series, but uh, been, been working, you know, constantly, which is, which is good. And um, like I said, I'm doing this thing for Verizon right now. 
cool. James? How about uh, any more books? you have any more books planned out or anything like that? Yeah, I would love to. I haven't I haven't had the time. Um, I, I wasn't sure if I could do it just because I had never done it before, you know? Um, and uh, I, I loved it. I think one thing that really helped me uh, with writing me for Christmas was that I had already written as a screenplay. Um, so I had that structure down already. So starting a new book without that structure already is a little daunting. But yeah, I'm always I'm always plugging away at it. I absolutely would love to write another book. It was really fun. It, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do in a novel that you can't do in a screenplay. Um, you know, there's a lot of inner, inner dialogue and description and, and, you know, sort of sky's the limit in a novel. Um, you can really do anything. You're not limited by money or cast or anything. So um, I really enjoyed it. So the answer, yes, I would love to do another book, but I haven't started one yet. Well, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, guys, everyone listening to this, you're all fans of yes. You you all listen to this show to, to be wax nostalgic. This is that book. This is your childhood, the book, guys. So definitely go pick this up. You can uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's on uh, oh gosh, Barnes and Noble. Ba- basically anywhere, right, Kevin? Yeah. Um, as far as the like brick and mortar stores, it's not everywhere, but you can absolutely get it. Yeah, it's, it's... Uh, on Amazon or uh, uh, BarnesandNoble.com. Um, you can go to my website, which is just Kevin-Jakubowski.com. There's links to to buy it there as well. Awesome. Um, but uh, um, so, what kind of stuff you guys? You guys basically just uh, talk about old school video games. Is that kind of yeah, kind of the deal on the show? Yeah. You hit it right on the head. <laughs> well, <we're laughs> that's fantastic. Um, initially, like I, I joined an existing podcast. They've been around for about eight years. So we share an RS feed with a, a very well established known podcast. And our offshoot of the show, we talk about um, the more rare and valuable games. Because I, I don't know if you're aware. I think everyone's aware at this point. Some of these games from our childhood are in the hundreds and thousands of dollars now. It's kind of ridiculous. And wow. I've been a collector personally for almost 30 years. Like, I, I basically, I'm the kid that didn't sell his stuff for the most part. Nice. And I still have a Smart. lot of it. Yeah, behind me right now, I've got about 3,000 games. I have about 520 wow. of the NES library. So there's about 200 NES games I'm missing currently. Stuff like that, you know. And uh, I thought, well, you know, it'd be a good idea to do a podcast where we talk about some of these games that are, like, super expensive every week. And that's how the podcast started. And James was a fan. And uh, about, about a year ago, James join me on the show and yeah we just every month we we talk about a game or a series of games uh this month uh this past excuse me this past one was the castlevania series and we kind of went in depth on that some of those are in the hundreds oh, of dollars nice. now and stuff so kind of ridiculous wow yeah and yeah that's that's wow. basically what that's, we do man we do have a new show that we Oh, sorry. So we do have a new show that we started about um, video movies based off of video games. So yeah. It's another show on another network that we watch a movie and then we just talk about it for half hour or so and what our thoughts were and how well it you know shows the video game. We're, have you done Super Mario Brothers yet? No. We're waiting on that one. That one. We're waiting on that one. Specifically, that one actually um, is part of the theme song. I, I'm also like a really bad musician in my youth, and I wrote the theme song for the show, and it's almost 100 ba- percent based off of uh, Mario Brothers, the movie. So we're waiting for that to be a very special <laughs> episode, you know. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun, man. It's really rewarding. We get to meet. Like, I, I literally have friends now that live overseas and stuff that are, are close friends because of this show. It's, again, it's the Nintendo that binds us. Yeah, it's, cool. it's incredible. Yeah, it's really been a neat journey. In fact, James is one of my best friends, and I've never met the man in 
person is. It's, it's crazy. Oh, wow. It's crazy to think about, yeah. It really is. So you're really... Okay, you guys are going to have to meet. Oh, we, we had planned on it? We, we've got this big convention here in the center of the states called Super Bitcoin. It takes place in Oklahoma City, and we felt that that would be a, a centrally located gathering point. And we've got guys driving down from Virginia and Memphis, a guy considering from Sweden, James from California. Um, and we were all going to congregate. And then uh, they changed the date of Bitcoin to be right around the same time at birth of a James Child's upcoming. So oh, he's not going to be able to make it. So yeah, my wife, my wife said no. Oh yeah, I'll be remaining here. <laughs> no, I mean, well, it's probably the smart move, James. Yeah, you yeah. want to keep having a wife. You would better not show up. So we'll we'll do that again uh, next year, I'm sure. And I'll meet. Yeah, absolutely. But you, you seem like a really nostalgic guy, like like James and I. You know, I'm still living my. Youth. Is there anything aside from the Nintendo that you're still passionate about? Maybe write a book about I don't know an obsession, He-Man or Ninja Turtles or <laughs> you know Transformers, Gobots, any of these. Yeah, I mean, I think Ape Christmas was just such a sweet spot. I'm just such a I'm a Christmas junkie i mean i just love christmas like i i start listening to christmas music like this week usually every year um so that was a big part of it and then nintendo obviously was a big part of it and through that you could really get sort of that I don't think there's much written about kids' pop culture. Um, you know, you have sort of like the teenage pop culture stuff, but, but this was about being a little kid and sort of the things that were cool and interesting to us in the 80s. Um, so that was a big, that was just really fun for me. Um, I think I still get nostalgic about sports. I played sports a lot as a kid. I could see myself writing something about that, um, you know, just from a kid's perspective, just, you know, playing pick up baseball or, you know, pond hockey and things like that. But I think today kids, uh, most sports the kids play are just super organized. And what was so fun about, I don't know, my childhood was just that it was mostly unorganized. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you just meet some kids at the park and, and play all day. You got um, one guy covering I'm certainly, Yeah, yeah. The second, third base. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Been there. I, I played a lot of neighborhood games where we were, you know, short a guy or two. You made do. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, write that book right now. <laughs> you got it. I'll have it done by by the morning. Yeah, awesome. Um, I, I don't well, I'm really know. I'm really glad you guys dug the book. I I really appreciate you reading it. Like, yeah, uh, I'm I'm really happy. I, I hope some of your listeners pick it up because it, it is kind of a sweet spot for for guys like us and it's a nice it's a nice it'll get you in the holiday spirit that's true for sure and tis the season it is the season this would make an excellent gift for someone that you know that is also a Nintendo maniac so de definitely check it out I, I can't stress how much I love the book just a wonderful thing one last question before we let you go Kevin yeah who would win in a fight 1985 Chicago Bears or a Hurricane oh uh, who's coaching the Bears well Dicka of course okay well then it's a no brainer it's, uh, it's the Bears Okay. <laughs> Follow-up question. The Hurricanes named Mike Dick. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, take my answer. Uh, uh, wow. Toughy. Okay. Okay, let me ask you this, though. Who named the Hurricane? Is this an official naming? Walter Payton. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think, I think the answer to that question is that uh, the apocalypse is the winner there because the fight is so amazing that it essentially destroys the world. Ragnarok happens and we get all in. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you Four so much. Right in. Oh, what, what a great Yeah, guy. thank you so much. Again, 8-Bit Christmas. Yeah, definitely check it out, book. guys. I'll probably read it every Christmas from here on out. <laughs> well, thanks so much for having me, guys, and I'm going to start tuning into your show. Uh, it seems like it would be right up my alley. Oh, cool. <laughs> Appreciate it.
and uh, I'll get Skype next time so that uh, I don't look like an idiot. No, no, you're yeah, fine. Yeah. You're fine. The, the quality on this is probably going to sound like everyone's talking through a tin can but me, but it's okay. I'll clean it up the best I can. I've dealt with a lot worse. Yeah, you should hear yeah. the episode two episodes ago where I don't know what happened. Oh, man. Recording nightmares are a, a constant thing when you're dealing with people from around the world talking. Right. All right. Okay. Well, thank you again for your time. We won't keep you anymore. Have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas. I really appreciate it. See you. Thanks, Kevin. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.